From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Washington Watch. Coming up, reaction from both chambers on the Democrats' eye-popping $3.5 trillion reconciliation measure. I've never seen such an effort to expand the reach of the federal government like we've been confronted with this year through not just one reconciliation process, but apparently yet another. That was Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell. The response was even more animated in the House Ways and Means Committee yesterday. Why in the world would we want to champion the largest tax increase since 1968? That was Pennsylvania Congressman Mike Kelly. We'll get more on the massive Democrat spending bill from Congressman John Joyce, a member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, who is also from Pennsylvania. And more disbelief and outrage over the revelations that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs was in secret communications with the Chinese behind the back of former President Donald Trump. We'll get the latest from Capitol Hill on the scandal from Alabama Congressman Mo Brooks. The Attorney General from the state of Ohio, Dave Yost, is here as well to outline the Buckeye State plan to fight President Biden's vaccine mandate. He'll also give us the latest on his efforts to fight the divisive critical race theory curriculum in Ohio's classrooms. And we've talked about the Equality Act, which for now is dead. But there is Equality Act Light, or better known as the Fairness for All Act, which, quite frankly, even has some support of uninformed evangelicals. A new poll on the Fairness for All Act is being trumpeted by LGBTQ organizations as a compromise and a way forward on special rights for people based upon their sexual behavior. But can there really be a compromise between religious freedom and sexual libertinism? We'll talk about it with FRC's VP of Policy, Travis Weber. The website, TonyPerkins.com. I encourage you to download the Stand Firm app so you can stay in touch with Washington Watch no matter where you are. And by the way, coming up October the 6th through the 8th, FRC and FRC Action is launching its first ever Pray Vote Stand Summit. It's being held at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, which has been the epicenter of the battle over the indoctrination that's taking place in our public school classrooms. We'll be covering all the topics, all the pressing topics, from the indoctrination in the classrooms to the vaccine mandate to the debacle and abandonment of Christians in Afghanistan. We are to pray without ceasing, vote our biblical values, and stand firm for the faith. So join us for the Pray Vote Stand Summit October the 6th through the 8th. For more, go to TonyPerkins.com. All right, the Democrats pushing through a massive $3.5 trillion reconciliation measure. Now, nearly every House committee has held marathon sessions this week, uh, running multiple days to consider amendments to this uh, massive spending package. Yesterday, the House Committee on Energy and Commerce concluded its session, which began on Monday. Unsurprisingly, the Democrats are stuffing the bill full of new abortion funding, among other things. Here to talk about it is Congressman John Royce. He represents the 13th District of Pennsylvania and is a member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, and he is also a part of the Republican Doctors Caucus. Uh, Congressman, welcome to the program. Tony, it's great to be with you today. Okay. Describe for our listeners and viewers what happened in the Energy and Commerce Committee session this week. 
Well, these were long markup sessions, and it was my honor to stand with fellow Republicans under the leadership of Kathy McMorris Rogers, where we stood for the Hyde Amendment and ultimately for the sanctity of human life. Democrats tried to use this markup as a way to force abortion into health insurance plans. I'm a physician, that's my training, and that's what I practiced for over 25 years. And they did not realize that Democrats didn't understand that 60% of Americans agree with the Hyde Amendment. This is common sense legislation. And even in the past, Joe Biden agreed with it for most of his career in the Senate. This legislation, the Hyde Amendment, has been part of the budget for the past 40 years. As a physician, I took the Hippocratic Oath, first to do no harm, but also to defend life, defend life at every level. And so by forcing this debate on the amendment in the middle of the night, because they know that their position is unpopular with the American people, and they want to ram that in to this three and a half trillion dollar piece of legislation. This was a way that the Democrats, very calculated, wanted to force abortion into health insurance plans. I think people need to understand the significance of this moment. As you made reference, the Hyde Amendment has been a bipartisan uh, rider on the appropriations bill um, for nearly 40 years. Both parties have agreed. Maybe they disagreed on the substance of abortion, but they agreed that taxpayers and Americans shouldn't be forced to fund something they're morally opposed to. This is a new day. That's not even being considered by the Democratic Party. The Hyde Amendment, to your point, Tony, and spot on, prevents your and my tax dollars from being used to pay for abortions. And so in the wee hours of the morning, the Democrats forced that into this reconciliation. It was such an unfortunate event to be part of this markup, to realize that this was occurring right in our face. And we discussed this. This was part of the discussion Kathy McMorris Rogers, the Republican leader, brought into it, the sanctity of union life. I spoke to it as a physician, understanding that our responsibilities are to protect life. And yet the Democrats threw away the tradition of 40 years of not allowing federal tax dollars to be used to support abortions. We have a responsibility to protect human life, and that occurs on a federal level as well. This was a compromise that has been used for over four decades to not allow taxpayer dollars to support abortions. Congressman Joyce, has there ever been a more pro-abortion bill advanced in Congress than, than what is being pushed forward right now? Not to my knowledge. The Hyde Amendment protection has always been there. And it is gravely disappointing that the Democrats do not respect the sanctity of human life. Now, beyond the life issue, which is quite significant, quite frankly, and I'm glad the court is looking at that uh, upcoming in the Dobbs case, but we're talking $3.5 trillion. Was there any hesitancy about what we're doing to the economy and the debt that we're amassing as a nation? Not on the Democrat side. And you make an excellent point. That debt is no longer just for our children. That's for our grandchildren. And incurring debt and not taking the responsibility 
as legislators, we have a responsibility to be stewards of the taxpayer dollar. And this reckless spending, which amounts to initially $3.5 trillion and will go higher, this reckless spending must be addressed. And yet the Democrats are turning away from that. They're promising everything at every level. This cannot continue to occur. This will have ramifications today, tomorrow, and into the future. I mean, when you look at the, the numbers, okay, numbers don't lie. When you look at the economy, you look at the unemployment numbers. I mean, you go back just a few years uh, with the American Jobs Act when, when we actually cut taxes, when the, uh, the, 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 the Trump administration cut taxes, we saw uh, people lifted out of poverty. We saw jobs created. We saw the economy humming. We're doing the opposite now. I mean, why is there any thought that we'll get something different than what we have right now? High unemployment, inflation, high prices. Um, I, I don't I, I quite frankly, I think most of the American people don't understand what's driving the Democratic controlled Congress. And that Democratic-controlled Congress is allowing inflation to continue to spiral out of control, which is another tax on individuals. Biden said he's not going to tax anyone who makes under $400,000. But with increasing costs for food, for gasoline, for energy, that is a tax that he is not taking responsibility for. We're seeing this occur under the Biden administration and under the Democrat-controlled Congress. They have to step up and realize that we are turning our backs on the American working class people. This is not the time to be doing this. This is a time to allow innovation and control and restraint to come into the picture. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tony, we're not seeing that in Washington from the Democrats. Not at all. Not not in the least bit. Uh, Congressman Joyce, we're talking about the issue of, of abortion. Uh, this is the most pro-abortion administration in, in history. Uh, of course, last week, filing suit, the Department of Justice filing suit against the state of Texas for their heartbeat bill, which would simply says that after a heartbeat is detected, uh, that uh, an abortion cannot be obtained in most cases. The same day is when President Biden unveiled his vaccine mandate, denying Americans a choice as to what to inject into their own body. But at the same time, the same day, arguing that a woman has a right to take the life of another human being. I mean, should should Americans, I mean, be even possibly contemplating that these decisions are being made by science? To me, it looks like it's all about politics and power. And it's unfortunately uh, what we're seeing is we're seeing an oxymoron and a, a distraction from the real issues that are at hand. We need to come through this pandemic. We understand the importance of vaccines. I'm a physician. That's my training. But we as Americans still have freedoms and every individual has that right to decide whether a vaccine is right for them. And yet we're looking in Washington at allowing individual liberties to continue to be removed by executive order. Biden put that in for companies that employ over 100 individuals. We're seeing a grave backlash on that in Pennsylvania throughout the United States. Individuals still have the rights that are guaranteed to them by the Constitution. Those freedoms must be upheld. As a physician, uh, Dr. George, do you think this is going to have the the opposite reaction of what is desired here, more Americans being vaccinated. Do you think this is actually going to drive down the, the vaccination numbers? 
I think time's going to tell. What we're looking to see is it's as fought in the courts and felt to be unconstitutional. A mandate like this by executive order should not be enforced by Biden and his administration. There will be court battles, and I think they will be successful. All right, uh, Congressman Joyce, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Appreciate Tony, your thanks fight to you. on Capitol thanks Hill to be for with the you today. All right. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Congressman John Joyce of uh, Pennsylvania, member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which is the committee that takes in all the abortion related issues. It's it's actually probably the most significant committee on Capitol Hill in the House. Uh, there's so much that comes into that committee. And so it's great to have strong pro-life members that are a part of that committee arguing for the sanctity of human life and, and other things, quite frankly, that come before that committee. Again, I, I want to encourage you to be to be in prayer for where our nation is at. Uh, last night we had a great pray vote stand um, program, and if you missed it, uh, you can go back, go to TonyPerkins.com, and you can uh, uh, catch that. But we talked about the vaccine mandate and the significance of of this issue right now. We also talked about the uh, the issue of uh, religious objections to this and how uh, people can exercise their rights when it comes to this vaccine mandate. So anyway, go to TonyPerkins.com and uh, you can watch that. All right, don't go away because more Washington Watch is coming up. We're going to be joined by Congressman Mo Brooks of Alabama. More fallout from the uh, revelations that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs was having communications with the Chinese behind the back of former President Donald Trump. What might happen? We're going to talk about it next with Congressman Mo Brooks. Don't go away. With tech censorship on the rise, we've increasingly seen the cancellation of conservatives and Christians. At Family Research Council, we want to be proactive about making sure big tech doesn't completely silence us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, if we are canceled, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone by signing up for our text alerts. Just text STAND to 67742. Again, text STAND to 67742. And FRC will send you special alerts on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for what's right and keep you connected with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Join us for FRC and FRC Action's inaugural Pray Vote Stand Summit. In light of the growing opposition our culture has expressed against biblical principles and to the truth of God's Word, we've launched Pray Vote Stand Summit to equip and encourage Christians to respond to this opposition from a biblical worldview. We will address issues such as protecting the unborn, the importance of the nuclear family, domestic and international religious liberty, developments in our nation's education system, and more. We see the need for the restoration of a biblical foundation in our nation and the necessity to equip Christians to effectively engage the culture and understand
and current events through a biblical lens. Join us at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, from October 6th through the 8th for the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit. Register online at prayvotestand.org slash summit or by calling 877-372-2808. More than ever before, Christians need to be grounded in the truth of God's Word and be prepared to articulate them in a winsome manner. That is why Family Research Council has launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality, the experts at the center have provided resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview. To understand why scripture must be authoritative and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. Access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series at frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including their latest blogs. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, General Mark Milley. He is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, He is the president's top military advisor. He's in the spotlight again. Now, you may remember only a few months ago when he sparred with Senator Tom Cotton over critical race theory indoctrination for service members, yammering on about white rage and such. You know, those comments, which were shocking, now make sense, quite frankly, in light of a soon-to-be-released book by Bob Woodward. We talked about this yesterday. CNN had an advanced copy. And according to these reports of this pre-release of the book, it's called Peril. Uh, Last year, General Milley, without then-President Trump's knowledge, promised China's top military leader that if Trump ordered a military strike, Milley would give him an advance warning. Now, the reports aren't 100 percent confirmed yet, but Milley hasn't denied them. Some lawmakers are insisting that Milley must testify before Congress, and if the reports are true, he should lose his job, at least, if not tried for treason, in my view. Uh, here to say more about this, Congressman Noah Brooks. He uh, represents the 5th Congressional District of Alabama, and he is a member of the House Armed Services Committee. Uh, Congressman Brooks, welcome back to the program. My pleasure. Okay. Just, you know, let's start at the beginning. Explain to our listeners why this behavior of General Milley is, quite frankly, unacceptable. Under the United States Constitution, the president of the United States is the commander in chief. And the president is commander in chief until the next president of the United States is sworn in. So to the extent that General Milley was stating to anyone that he would not obey a direct lawful order of the United States of America's president, our commander-in-chief, then that is insubordination for which he should be discharged. Now, we've got Bob Woodward and others who are trying to make a fast buck off of a book, so it would not surprise me if their information was embellished, uh, if it's not true. Uh, What we need to have in Congress are hearings in which General Milley testifies, and he either confirms or denies the reports that are in Woodward's book. And whether he confirms or denies, of course, will have some impact on how this plays out going forward. But let me emphasize one thing. 
Joe Biden, once he was sworn in in January, became our commander in chief. General Milley will only be disciplined if his superior officer, our president of the United States, decides to discipline him. Having said all that, I think it's only a matter of time before General Milley either resigns or is terminated by the president of the United States, if for no other reason than to try to deflect blame for the debacle that occurred in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, that certainly uh, does not look good on his record. But yesterday, uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, reacted to uh, the leaked passages or the pre-release of the book. And this is what she said the president said about uh, Biden. Uh, Play uh, clip. I'm I'm sorry about uh, Milley. Play clip uh, number six, please. President knows General Milley. He has been chairman of the Joint Chiefs for almost eight months of his presidency. They've worked side by side through a range of international events. Uh, And the president has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism and his fidelity to our Constitution. Congressman Brooks, uh, I mean, my over I mean, the 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 substance, this you're right. We we don't know this is true yet, but it Milley did not deny it yesterday. Um, beyond the shocking substance, is it is even a, a longer term concern that I have of the, politis, the politicization of our nation's military? I mean, there's already every everything else in Washington is so divided and partisan. The military, for the most part, has stayed above that fray. Some not not so much so in the in the Obama administration. But I mean, are you not concerned that this could take the military to a new low? Well, no question. There are parts of the federal government that have been politicized unlike any before. You've seen it with our judicial system, where the socialists want to put in as judges individuals who will immediately disobey their oath of office, which is to defend and protect and promote the United States Constitution. Socialists want judges who will insert their own view of what the law should be rather than what the law is. And you're seeing that same kind of attitude filter over into our defense department with critical race theory, wokeism, white privilege, all that kind of racial division stuff, uh, raising its ugly head to an unprecedented degree in the United States military where we're supposed to be colorblind. And and it's not just critical race theory. It's, it's a number of other things that are unfortunately becoming standards in the United States military, and that's going to hurt our nation's security long term. But that's what the Democrats are doing. Switching gears just a bit, I, I want to get your take on the reaction from some in the military to the vaccine mandate. Um, th- there are those that have sought to raise the issue of uh, a religious exemption for this, which is being denied. Uh, members are leaving the military. I- is this something that uh, we should be concerned about? Absolutely. Our men and women in uniform fight to defend the United States of America. They have fought for liberty and freedom for more than two centuries. And to deny our military members the very same thing that they have sacrificed so much for, liberty and freedom, is wrong. Now, we've got two bad choices. The vaccine is a bad choice. Getting COVID-19 without the vaccine is a bad choice. There are significant risks associated with taking the vaccine, including death, 
There are Americans who have died from taking the vaccine. The other choice is not to have the vaccine. And, of course, there are significant risks associated with that should you get COVID-19. Everybody sees on a regular basis the number of people who have died solely because of COVID-19 or where COVID-19 is one of many uh, uh, multiple uh, comorbidities. Given the seriousness of this type of decision, one that involves life and death, you would hope that the military would defer to the good judgment, the liberty and freedom of the military servicemen and women who risk their lives on our country's behalf. Right. But for whatever reason, that is not what our Commander-in-Chief, Joe Biden, wants to do. That's wrong. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Congressman Brooks, great to have you on the program. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. My pleasure. Have a blessed day. Uh, You too. All right, folks, stick with us. On the other side of the break, uh, the Attorney General of Ohio, Dave Yost, joins us to talk about what the states are doing to push back against the broader vaccine mandate. That's next. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets, and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Have you ever tried to read the Bible daily? but struggled to get in a groove? It can be hard, especially if you don't know where to start or how to understand and apply what you've read. Or maybe it's just that doing it alone has made it too easy to give up. Well, let me encourage you. You don't have to do this daily discipline alone. You can join Family Research Council's Stand on the Word two-year Bible reading plan. God's Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread, because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. That is why we want to read the Bible daily, and we'd love for you to join us so we can stay grounded in God's truth and grow closer to God together. Our hope is that this plan will help you be transformed by God's Word by reading and hearing it daily. Sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org Bible. That's frc.org Bible. Welcome back. I'm Tony Perkins, and you're listening to Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, we're talking about the uh, the vaccine mandate for those in the military. Well, as you know, last week, President Biden announced his unconstitutional overreach with a vaccine mandate for pretty much the whole country. I mean, it's for anyone, any federal contractor, any per- person working in the federal government, and sticking his hand into the private sector. Companies with a hundred or more employees. Now, he's going to use OSHA 
to enforce this. Employees who refuse or who don't submit to a regular costly test could be fired. And businesses who refuse could face crippling fines. Now, there are several states that are gearing up. Yesterday, we talked to the Attorney General of Arizona. They've already filed a lawsuit. But the Buckeye State, under the leadership of Attorney General Dave Yost, they're gearing up for a fight as well. And he joins us now. General Yost, thanks so much for joining us today. It's good to see you. All right. Uh, what are you doing to prepare to uh, defend the businesses and the people of Ohio against this Biden overreach? Well, we're obviously preparing for what the president said he wanted to do, which uh, seems to me clearly beyond his authority. But it's important to know that we don't have a regulation yet, so mm -hmm. we don't have anything to bring to court to sue about. You can't sue over a press release. Uh, now, that being said, I suspect that uh, there are multiple uh, grounds that could be raised here, but starting with the fact that Congress writes the laws, um, not the president. Uh, he doesn't get to govern by dictate. And beyond that, health is not really the issue. For, uh, that's not a power that belongs to the federal government at all. Throughout our history, health issues have been uh, considered to be part of the police power that belongs to the states uh, and not the federal government. What do you think the prospects are? I mean, there's there's over a half half the states that are ready to fight this. What do you think the prospects are for the states in court challenging this mandate? Look, I think they're excellent. Uh, some of the things that people have been talking about, you know, on background and comments that you see float. I'm sure you've seen them floating in the Washington press corps and everything. They kind of get that they're not allowed to do this. They're just counting on it, taking too much time in the court system to right. be able to actually get there. Yeah. That, that, and that's disturbing because that's that's not just in this case. That's done a lot of times. They know they don't have the legal authority, but they do it knowing that it'll be in the courts forever. And they're just hoping that the courts won't stay it, meaning they won't uh, keep it from going into effect. And by the time it actually gets to court, people will for have forgotten about it and become accustomed to the overreach. Well, that, that's the strategy. And um I suspect that when we actually have a regulation we can take to court, uh, me and the other attorneys general that will be working on this uh, are going to ask for a stay or a temporary restraining order uh, so this doesn't go into effect. Right now, it's not in effect. If your employer asks you to roll up your sleeve and take the jab, they're not doing it because of the federal mandate. and Don't let them tell you they are. Now, if it's their policy, that's a separate issue, uh, but they're not doing it because they have to. There is no federal law today. Uh, and, of course, I, I should mention that the federal employees are under the control of the, the president. Uh, it's pretty well established that uh, he has the ability to set terms and conditions of employment subject to certain limitations. Right. But going into the private sector, that's a whole new area. And, it is. And, and we're already seeing, you know, the, the disruption in the supply chain. And I know Ohio is, uh, you know, part of that. A lot of manufacturing, cars, steel, all of that. Um, 
shortage of employees, when you have people who are saying, look, I'm not going to do this, and they're fired, they're terminated, they go on unemployment, uh, it only shortens the, the, the workforce that's out there and only further disrupts the supply chain. That's right. And if this were to go into effect, it would wreck the economy uh, because I know that there are people who will choose to become unemployed uh, and stay out of the workforce rather than submit to this edict. Um, that means the labor shortage is further exacerbated. I know people right now uh, and here in Ohio that are not accepting new contracts, um, not doing business that they have the opportunity to do simply because they don't have enough of a workforce to be able to produce the goods or services. You know, one thing that's not being talked about in the media uh, regarding this action by President Biden is how much more than any other president, he's been using executive orders to accomplish his agenda. Now, they were critical of President Trump, but he left President Trump way behind when it comes to the use of executive orders. And here's the thing. Executive orders are meant to determine the uh, conduct of the federal government, not to control the general population. The difference between a democracy and a monarchy or a dictatorship is that in a democracy, laws have to be written by a representative body, Congress or parliament. In a monarchy or a uh, dictatorship, one executive decides what the rules are and they enforce them. That is just fundamentally opposite our constitutional order. Excellent point. Uh, excellent point, uh, General Yost. Out of time, I, I want to get get you back on to talk about what you're doing in the state of Ohio to fight the critical race theory in the classrooms there, that indoctrination that's uh, taking place across America. Always great to talk with you, General Yost. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, Attorney General Dave Yost of the state of Ohio. All right. Don't go away. We're coming back. I'm going to be joined by the vice president of policy here at the Family Research Council, Travis Weber. Equality, the Equality Act, coming back in a Equality Act light fashion. We're going to talk about that next here on Washington Watch and why you need to be aware of what's happening. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student? Specifically, one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to influence public policy and culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that prepares and equips students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, in weekly biblical worldview trainings, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns will have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls them. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving interns the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Is real biblical masculinity lost forever? In this culture of gender confusion, there are too few examples of godly manhood. So where can men, husbands, and fathers find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength in this culture? Try our Stand Courageous Men's Ministry. We seek to help men develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, 
build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. We invite you to join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who struggle with the same issues you do and will invest in unpacking our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can have a generational influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With tech censorship on the rise, we've increasingly seen the cancellation of conservatives and Christians. At Family Research Council, we want to be proactive about making sure big tech doesn't completely silence us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, if we are canceled, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone by signing up for our text alerts. Just text STAND to 67742. Again, text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for what's right and keep you connected with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. Website, TonyPerkins.com. Let me remind you, I mentioned this at the top of the program, our first ever Pray, Vote, Stand Summit coming up October the 6th through the 8th. It's being held at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, which has been uh, kind of the epicenter of the battle over public education. Uh, We'll be covering all the topics. That will be one of them. Uh, To find out more how you can be a part of it, go to TonyPerkins.com and you can follow the links over. All right. Uh, I don't do this often, but occasionally I get a video clip that I think is worth playing. And it's this one has there's a reason I want to play this. It uh, it shows. Well, let me let me. All right. Let me just set this up. Now, for those of you listening, I want you to listen intently. I'll explain it so you'll hear everything uh, as it goes through. But this is uh, the uh, Democratic leader in the Senate. Chuck Schumer earlier this week after they'd have a closed door session talking about all the stuff they're trying to push through. Uh, And uh, it's just kind of comical. So uh, listen to this and I'll explain it. There are four, five major items we must deal with that we discussed today in the caucus. Voting rights and reconciliation, which we spent the most time on, those two, particularly reconciliation. Appropriations. Excuse me. Sorry. Where's your mask? It's here in my pocket, but I can't talk. I I actually, this is a little-known fact. After I eat, I sneeze often. All the males in my family do it. So we had a nice meal in there. Okay. Um, Voting rights and... Voting rights and... It's not a cold. It's sneezing from eating. So... So he goes out to have a press conference. He's standing there with uh, some of the other Democratic members, and he sneezes. And, of course, you know, in this uh, fearful COVID environment, which actually they were not wearing masks, and so he sneezes. Uh, he uh, He's, oh, sorry, 
in Debbie Stabenow, another member, another senator, says, where's your mask? And he says, it's in my pocket, but I can't talk. Ah, he can't talk. Uh, but then he, he goes on to say, it's not a cold. It's not a cold. I just this shows how ridiculous this stuff has uh, has gotten that he has to go in to explain that all the males in his family, at least he can determine between male and female in his family, that uh, they sneeze after they eat. I mean, it's it's gotten to the level of ridiculous. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, I want to transition to another topic. I brought this up a few moments ago uh, at the top of the program, actually. According to a new survey, 57 percent of Americans support a bipartisan solution for protecting religious freedom and promoting LGBTQ civil rights. Now, that's exactly the way that the supporters of the Fairness for All describe their bill. Now, we talked about how the Equality Act, something we've been fighting here and is essentially dead for now. It never goes away. They'll keep trying. Fairness for All is basically Equality Act light. It's basically the same bill with only a couple of temporary carve-outs for religious institutions, not religious Americans, but religious institutions. But the survey does not necessarily mean that a majority of Americans support fairness for all in terms of what the bill would actually do. Here to, uh, to explain why is Travis Weber. He's the Vice President of Policy and Government Affairs here at the Family Research Council. Travis, welcome back to the program. Thanks very much. Okay. Um, let's talk about this survey. Now, I, I've seen it being championed by LGBTQ groups saying that, see, Americans want LGBTQ, LGBTQ rights protected. Well, they are protected like everybody else. They just don't have special rights. But what is not revealed in this survey is that when there is a conflict between sexual libertinism and these rights that they pursue and religious freedom, religious freedom loses. But that's very true, right? So these things like this sound very good. You know, it's a balance. It's a compromise. No, nobody wants to discriminate. Nobody wants to discriminate. And the people don't object to that sound, that kind of language. You know, we're going to balance. We're going to compromise. That's how it's presented. In reality, as you're noting, the balance is very one-sided. And uh, these proposals, such that are being talked about in this poll here that's, that's being discussed and reported only in the Washington Blade, which is an LGBT publication, polls like this put forth the idea of fairness for all proposals. They're basically a load of special protections for sexual orientation and gender identity that have minimal, very minimal protections for religious freedom. So it doesn't protect religious freedom. It's very important for people to understand this because if they don't, they go with the idea of the balance. It sounds good. Well, we need to balance in society and they kind of run with that. In reality, uh, th these do not protect and balance these these areas of law. And we have resources showing just how radical these proposals are and how out of balance they are. Before we get into the, uh, the, the core of the fairness for all and what it would actually do, I, I want to another question on this uh, survey this that was released. Uh, it was, I think it's only reported by the uh, D.C. Um, I think it was the Blade, Washington Blade yeah, which is an LGBTQ it, publication. You know, I've been doing polling. I've done polling. I've, uh, I've, I've read a lot of polling. And, and what you do is you want to look at the methodology. You want to look at the questions that were actually asked. 
None of that data is available, is it? It's, it's not available. We don't know the questions. We don't know how they were framed. I can tell just looking at this article that it's likely framed in a slanted way, equal access for health care, protection from discrimination, and they're showing numbers in the 70s. Well, no one no one is going to, no, no one's going to come out and say, well, we, we, we uh, want people turned away from the door. And that's what not, these issues are not about. They've never been about that. In reality, they're about protecting religious freedom of people like Baronel Stutzman, a small business owner who doesn't want to be forced to create products, create floral decorations for same-sex weddings. Even the polling's own language, though, if you look at the the language here, you know, showing numbers in the 70s for the, the equality language, and then numbers in the 50s for religious schools should be able to have religious codes of conduct 55%. That's a core element of religious freedom, going back to the First Amendment. So you're telling me that your poll got a number of 55% support, 45% oppose that? That shows me right there it's not an accurately framed question because we don't have 45% of Americans opposing a fundamental yeah. First I mean, Amendment we've freedom. We've actually seen the polling that reaches up to 80% when it comes to Americans' freedom to believe and act according to those beliefs. Right, right. And and you have, you know, there's other polling, even a few months ago, an Equality Act poll was done finding that 11% of respondents said that man-woman athletic competition should be banned, 74% saying they shouldn't, um, 7% saying we should abolish the sex distinctions in women's prisons, domestic violence shelters, 82% saying they shouldn't be abolished. Yet those policies are, are an issue. Those are the policies that will be affected by Equality Act and Fairness for All type bills. All right, we have talked extensively in the past about the Equality Act, which so bad it did not move in Congress. But and folks don't think that just because it didn't happen this time, it won't happen next time because they don't. That was the thing with hate crimes, which is really set the stage. It was the first domino to fall. And they worked for that years and finally got it through. So they, they never go away. They, they'll, they'll continually come back. So you need to be vigilant. And this is one reason you should download the Stand Firm app, because when these bills come up, we'll give you an alert if you want it. And we'll give you the action items to take, who to contact. We make it very easy for you to be involved in your government. I mean, our republic, as I've said before, is made only for participants, not spectators. So download that Stand Firm app. All right, let's talk about this fairness for all. What what is in it and what would it do? And what is the key distinction between it and the the Equality Act. Tony, the easy way to think about this is basically it is the Equality Act, except it, it doesn't push abortion. The Equality Act actually does. And it, it uh, has slightly more protections for adoption providers, religious freedom by setting up a tiered system that allows some of those faith-based providers to um, operate according to their freedom, whereas the Equality Act would basically steamroll all of them. Every other area Fairness for All and Equality Act have the same same provisions. And we're speaking based on what we've seen in iteration after iteration of Fairness for All bills at the federal level and the state level and the Equality Act. They both abolish women's men's and women's sports or they both abolish women's sports. They basically both steamroll women's privacy, um, safety and uh, compromise conscience in the medical profession, forcing doctors to violate their faith when it comes to gender transition surgeries and um, do not contain sufficient religious liberty exemptions to protect all individuals like Baronel Stutzman and Jack right. Phillips, small business owners. You know, they might have, have shades around this and claim to protect uh, them with carve-outs, but based on the language we've seen, you don't have protection sufficient to protect a small business owner in every instance where they should be protected. My, my take on the 
Fairness for All Act is that it does provide a veneer of protection for some religious institutions. But that's a, a truncated, limited view of the Constitution's First Amendment, because the First Amendment is for all Americans to have religious freedom. And what this does is says, okay, we're going to give, you know, churches, these stated religious entities protection, but not Americans. Right. It totally guts the idea that it's a right to be enjoyed in the public square by everyone. It says, well, if you're a Christian, you want to run a business as a Christian. No, you can't do that. That's not religious freedom, though. It's not just saying, well, a church can hire a minister according to his faith. If we're questioning that, in which, you know, we at some level we are as a society because uh, you know they're 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 trying to pull those issues as well and 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 work against church's freedom, but we need to protect everyone's religious freedom, the small business owner as well as the church and religious school. I mean, we've seen how that's unfolded thus far. Yeah, yeah. Where you've had Christian business owners that have been forced, um, and if they refuse to force, they've been fined, uh, been driven out of business. Uh, so, equipped with this fairness for all act. I mean, they, they become extinct. They've already been fighting. Jack Phillips, Baronel have gone to the Supreme Court multiple times. You have individuals like the owners of the Harris Funeral Home in Michigan who, who wanted to hire and, and run their, their business in accord with the distinctions between men and women and dress codes and, and gender identity. And they were steamrolled by the Bostock decision that we got from the court, right? So the, in some ways... You know, this would only add fuel to the fire. And if people care about religious freedom, and thankfully many Americans still do, they need to pay attention to this kind okay. of thing. So we've established the fact that uh, fairness for all folks, you can look at this. We have a publication on we, this. We have a resource up at, um, at TonyPerkins.com. It compares Equality Act and Fairness for All. Um, it, we have a lot of other resources on this, too, but this one highlights the differences between the laws. Okay, so you can take a look at that, folks. If you want to go to TonyPerkins.com and you can see what we're talking about here in black and white. But here's the reason we're talking about it, is that, uh, you know, as soon as I saw this survey uh, that 57 percent of Americans support this idea, this concept, that there are some on Capitol Hill that are going to be looking for a way uh, to, to find cover uh, as the media hammers away on this message, and they might be drawn toward the Freedom uh, for All Act uh, because they oppose the Equality Act. They, they might, but the reality is that um, they need to understand these do not protect religious freedom. So if you're a member and you say, I want to protect religious freedom, well, you can't, these, these don't get the job done. And even this poll, as bad as it is, this poll found that 63% of respondents would vote for a member who supports religious freedom, while 57% by their own, we have issues with how they've done this, but even by their own methodology, 57% saying we want this compromise. So you still have people saying it's important that people protect religious freedom. And the key here is this doesn't do yeah, it. Most of these surveys do not put out the fact that, okay, if you choose this Religious freedom is is uh, is on very very shaky ground. Uh, they they don't tell you that. Yeah, they they don't. Well, they they're just, not. They just talk about. Do you want to be a discriminator? Uh, you know, won't you support this, or do you want to kick people out on the street, or deny them health care, which nobody wants to do. Even, nobody's even talking about. And that. it's not it's happening. Words being put in our mouth, or words being attributed to us, positions being attributed to us. 
you know, everyone is going to say the idea of outlawing discrimination and supporting religious liberty sounds nice. The problem is when you dig beneath the surface. And these, yeah, these you're bills right. are not doing it. And I think here's a, here's a uh, you know, nobody really wants to hear this, but the reality is there is not space for both. Either we're going to have a vibrant First Amendment that allows religious freedom or we're going to create an environment in which any type of sexual behavior is not only uh, allowed but celebrated and defended by law. You can't have both. You can't have both when you examine the decades of conflict culturally between the sexual um, revolution driving autonomy. These are autonomy doctrines, even in abortion and sexuality, driving those through the culture. They're not, they're not compatible with the faith that we're trying to protect. Well, because in the when you uphold transcendent truth, historic truth as it comes to human sexuality, that is going to be seen as offensive by those who want to live without restraint. And ultimately, these ideologies want to – they come into conflict, and the autonomy one is trying to eliminate expression that would cl- claim any moral stance. And they it. want to use the power of government to do it. That's what's going on with these, a lot of these efforts. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, you need to be informed and involved. So the reason we're talking about this today is it's, it's not, it's not uh, a red alert at now. Uh, right at this moment, but we want you to be informed and, and be having these conversations with your members of Congress and even your state legislators about this, because I'm telling you, some are going to be attracted to the nice title, Fairness for All. Travis, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you. And folks, I, I want to thank you for joining us again. Uh, download the Stand Firm app so that you'll have all of this information at your fingertips. And on this particular topic, go to TonyPerkins.com. We've got that piece there where you can do a comparison between the uh, Equality Act and the Fairness for All. And remember, the PBS Summit coming up October the 6th through the 8th. Find out more about how you can be a part of it. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.